We have a wonderful guest speaker today. Most of you know Murray Bodden. He and his wife, Bev, have been members of our church for a number of years now. Murray's a recently retired uh, executive uh, from the construction industry. And I might add that uh, he has helped me immensely. Most of you know that uh, I am what's called the owner's rep for a lot of these building projects around here. Half the time, I don't know what to do. <laughs> it's people like Murray that help me, and I praise the Lord for him. Let's give him our law, shall we? Thank you very much. I'm really just an old carpenter that um, just grew up in that industry, so it was good to be able to help. The story or the passage we're looking at this morning is really just a very brief story, maybe 120 words, something like that, pretty short uh, story, but powerful and uh, full of meaning and full of help for each one of us. <clears throat> if the story was turned into a movie, I would think that uh, someone like Michael Medved, the movie critic, could wrap it up and summarize it in a promo saying that it is an amazing story of amazing love, a story of faith and trust, a story of humility, and a story of the power of touch. Have you ever found yourself in a position where you felt stuck? You're not really in control anymore. Uh, you feel on your own. You feel not sure where you are, how you can get out of the situation that you're in, who you would turn to. So you may be in that position because of a whole bunch of things. It may be there because of illness and some news that you've just had. You may be there from an addiction that you've got. It may be there because of financial crisis or social alienation. Or you may be there from just good old-fashioned sin that's got you stuck. You may have contributed to your own situation or you just may have found yourself there because of the circumstances of your life and life around you. Today's teaching, this story, uh, is about a person in that situation, stuck in this situation, seriously ill, socially alienated, all alone, stuck. That is, until he met someone. He met Jesus. Let's read the story. If you've got your Bibles, turn to Luke 5, and if not, watch the screen. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When Jesus saw him, he fell to sorry, when Jesus when, Je, when he saw Jesus, when he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and he begged him, Lord, are you willing? You can make me clean. Then Jesus reached out his hand and he touched him and he said, I am willing, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, now don't tell anybody, but go show yourself to the priests and offer the sacrifices that Moses had commanded for, you, for your cleansing and as a testimony to them. Yet the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. My hope today is that we will see somewhere where we can turn, who we can turn to, if and when we find ourselves in a similar situation, stuck. You remember that interesting introductory uh, verses to James, the book of James? Always sort of made me think. Count it all joy. Count it a privilege, 
James says, when trials and tribulations come your way. And I thought, well, that does not make any sense. <laughs> and yet you know what really happens, what James is saying when he goes on, is that it teaches us perseverance and perseverance teaches us more importantly who to rely upon when we can't rely upon ourselves when we're stuck. And James is saying, count it all joy, count it a privilege, because there's someone that can help us. So there's someone today that we can look at that is ready and willing and able to reach out to help each of us in wherever we are, with whatever's going on in our life, to heal us if it needs healing, to help us where we need help, and to cleanse us if we need cleaning. So the story really starts out about a leper and leprosy as we don't really have it today, but we have the results of it to some extent over on Molokai. So those of us that live here in Hawaii understand a little bit about that. We would read about that and the work of Father Damien. Leprosy in Jesus' time was uh, prevalent in some areas because people lived in very dirty and, um, and unsavory conditions. It was an incurable disease at that time, and the people were visually disfigured. It was a disease on the inside that worked through the nervous system, so it worked on the inside, but outside they were disfigured. They were scarred. They were torn about, apart, and as, as you all know, some of them would have to lose some limbs. That made them repulsive to most people, and it moved them to the point of isolation where they lived in dumps and different places away from the community. Leprosy was contagious, and so in those days particularly, no one was to get near them because the chance of catching leprosy was very high. Lepers had to call out if they ever went near other people. Lepers had to call out if they went to a group or near a group, and if it was today, if they went just out amongst the community, they had to call out, unclean, 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 so that the crowds would move aside, move away. No one would get near them. That was the law and the requirement of the leper themselves. Can you imagine how humiliating, shameful, second class the leper must have felt? He couldn't worship. Shame-filled and alienated and lonely, that was his life. Lepers were stuck with nowhere to turn. That's the basis of this story. That's what Jesus is talking about. There was a law that said that the lepers once cleaned, if it ever happened, and if they ever thought they happened, had to present themselves to the priests at the temple. And then they would get a certificate of cleanliness. What an interesting certificate to get. They had to follow rituals and strong rituals, and after that, if they got through, it was the priest's call as to whether they were clean. So here's this man that approaches the crowd of people that are standing around and sitting around listening to Jesus tell stories and preach or talk to them, and this man is coming up, and you can imagine from what I've just told you, he knew that the law was that he had to say, unclean, 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 and so the crowd would part, and he would get a front row seat, right at the base of Jesus, right at his feet. And that's where we find him kneeling down, where he said, where he, where he, he knelt in, a, in an act of humility, and he talked to Jesus. 
And our scripture says that while Jesus was there at that town preaching, this man came along. And when he saw Jesus, he fell to his face to the ground and he begged Jesus, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. If you are willing, you can make me clean. First of all, he knew who Jesus was. He addressed him as Lord. He knew who Jesus was because before that, Jesus had been doing some other teaching, some other preaching, and some other healing. And so he knew this was Jesus, the Lord. If you are willing, he said, not presuming anything, not presuming that just because you are the Lord and you've healed somebody else before, that you would do it. But are you willing to do this? Because I know you can. But his presumption wasn't uh, overconfident. It was humble, if you are willing. He believed Jesus, but, but he wasn't sure. And he broke the rules to get there, and he took a risk, and so in his desperation, this is what he did. To get what? A certificate of cleanliness. So he could reconnect. So he could be part of society. So he could meet his family again. So he could have friends. So he could worship in the synagogue. The leper had faith that Jesus was able. But he had doubt about Jesus being able to be willing. Why was he doubtful? Because who he was. Ugly, repulsive, deteriorating, untouchable. He was confident in the power of God, but he is not confident in the love of God. Have we ever been there? Confident in the words that we hear, confident when we read scripture, confident in what we say that God can do this and that, but are we, are we confident in God's love? Do we confidently go to God knowing that he loves us, just as we are, just where we are, just with our own sin, leprosy. Have you ever felt stuck in that position, really not knowing which way to go, doubting whether God could turn to you? Well, the answer really is that we follow the leper plan, and that could be good advice for us, that we take our, our knowledge of belief and then we add some faith to that, knowing that God is willing and not just able And then we build on that knowledge and we humbly ask God to help us and then we trust him. Jesus, the scripture says that Jesus reached out his hand and touched him. I am willing, Jesus said, be clean. Can you imagine that in this society that the leper had already said, unclean, unclean, unclean. Everybody understood what was going on. They parted out. The leper had come in, got to the front, knelt down. They had stepped back. They were still around, but they weren't near him. And all of a sudden, this Jesus, the teacher, not just said, be clean, which Jesus had the power to do, but Jesus moved down, leant down, bent down, and touched him. Jesus touched the untouchable. Jesus was willing to humanize and show love and compassion to this person that everybody else was avoiding. What a humanizing moment for the leper. What a frightening moment at that time for Jesus' followers. What on earth is he doing touching the untouchable? 
Jesus transferred his holiness, transferred his, his cleanliness to this contaminated man. And we all know that the only way we can really touch something unclean and not become unclean or such something contaminated and not become uncontaminated is that we don't touch either. We can't do both things because we cannot stay in both places. We can't touch unclean and not become unclean and so on. But Jesus was more than able. He was able and willing and he, and he acted. He showed mercy, he showed compassion and he showed action. I heard about two weeks ago on the radio just a half an hour conversation between a psychiatrist or psychologist and a doctor and just a couple of other people and they were talking about touch. And the whole thing was really about the power of touch. And this doctor and psychologist were saying that they believe even today that the most effective communication is touch. How about us? Are we touchers? We go to the people that are touchable only. Think about this power of it in our daily lives. Think about a hug or greeting or handshake, touch on the shoulder, the cuddling of children when they stub their toe or cut their finger. We don't need first give them a Band-Aid or we don't first put some cream on their cut. What's the first thing we do to stop the crying? Pick them up and hug them. Immediately, it seems to me, the hug is the best medicine that works for children, but it works for adults as well. For you um, men in the audience with wives, have you ever been asked by your wife, give me a hug? And you wives, have you ever heard the reply? Why, what's wrong? <laughs> what's going on? I just need a hug. Yeah, but why, what for? I just need a hug. I just need a touch. I just need to feel that we're together. It's just something that's just not right. I'm frightened. I'm a little scared. I'm, don't know, I'm uncertain. Give me a hug. Give me a touch. Just that walk in the park, the walk along in front of the, the aquarium holding hands. So much different than walking alongside of each other. Just that holding of hands is that connection point. So think about that power of love. I have a good old doctor friend who's now retired and he says to us many times when we talk about medical visits that we've had to have, did your doctor touch you? And their answer is yes, always. He said, oh, that's so good. So many of the young modern doctors don't know about touch. They read the stuff on the computer and they're even talking to the computer while they're talking to you to analyze what's wrong with you. How much important if you have a doctor that touches you? I, he, he's the one that raised the story that touch is so powerful. What does touch mean from a doctor? It gives us confidence. It gives us assurance. Just that touch. I'm an old construction guy, and when I first started out in construction many years ago, <clears throat> it was the days when... Safety wasn't quite a big deal. 
and I was involved in building high-rise buildings, and in high-rise buildings in those days, where I came from, most of the structures were in steel, and the st steel frames would go up, and you've probably seen it or seen pictures of it, and the steel beams would go up and up and up and up, and they'd come together, columns would go up, beams would connect. But we had to learn how to walk the beam. And it may be a 20 or 25 foot beam and we had to walk out to the middle. Why? Because that's where the sling or the rope was holding it to drop it into position. And so you're on the end to connect it, but you needed to get to the middle to unconnect this. And there's no way you could put a stepladder up, so you had to learn to walk the beam. And I learned to walk that beam, just a four or six inch beam, 100, 120, 130 feet in the air. And you would learn to do that and walk out. But once, true story, I walked out and my confidence got shot. And I got stuck halfway out, 10, 15 feet from the edge and 120 feet below me to the ground. And all I could do was drop around the beam and grab hold of it, stuck out there in the middle of nowhere. And my friends that were working with me would talk to me and tell me how to get off that beam. Just shuffle along, just stand up, just move forward. And I was so frightened that I, was, I couldn't unstuck myself, if there's such a word as unstuck. I couldn't unstuck myself. I was caught there, frightened and afraid. And all the talking and all the advice from my friends couldn't move me. The rigging superintendent, Ray Eggleston was his name, he came along and he got to the end of the beam and he walked out onto the beam all the way across to where I was stuck and he quietly said to me, take my hand, stand up with me and he walked backwards and I walked forwards and we got off the beam. It was the touch of that person that moved me, otherwise I may still be there. <laughs> touch is the language of Jesus. Touch works in our everyday life, we know it. Touch shares our love. Touch is more important than saying I love you. Touch is the hug when, you don't, can't, when, when we can't quite work out why we need the hug. Touch is the thing that makes us together so that we're not as afraid on our own. And Jesus touched the leper. And Jesus touches us to say I'm with you. I can do this for you we will do well. Touch is the language of Jesus. It really says, I care and you matter. That's what Jesus is saying. I care, you matter. You've probably heard it said, it's a bumper sticker, I think, that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Touch tells people how much we care. Have you ever been touched by Jesus' love? Have you ever been touched? Have you ever had God meet you where your needs are? Have you had God speak to you that word of touch, that connection? Are you willing to be the touch agent or touch angel for other people? They need it. I have a belief that Jesus touches us and talks us and meets our needs through the love and compassion and concern and care of other people. 
And that's why we can be touch agents and touch angels. Jesus can do it all alone, but he uses people, doctors and nurses, teachers and trainers, wives and husbands, fathers and mothers, friends. Jesus was willing and not able. We're all able to do lots of things, but few of us are willing. Jesus was willing to touch the untouchable, to love the unlovable, to cure the incurable, and to save the sinner. Immediately, the scripture says, the leprosy left him. That's the result of Jesus' touch. Immediately, we can be cleansed. Immediately, we can have a new life. Immediately, we get a new start. Our sins are washed away away as white as snow. That's what scripture tells us. And then he was given instruction, this leper, to go show yourself to the priest and follow the law that Moses had set down and the commandments that were in place. And that's where Jesus wants us to do what uh, is available to us. Go to the doctors and go to the hospital and use the technology and use all the gifts that he has provided to his people and to our time. The result of this uh, touch was that Jesus wanted him to go and meet with the priests, to witness to them, to be a testimony to them, and to show them that the Messiah had come, that the fulfillment of Scripture was in hand, that the promise of the Messiah was in place. Jesus was in the house, if you like. He was doing his work. It was no longer a secret. Jesus, and then the shepherd, uh, the shepherd, the, the leper, a long way from a shepherd, shepherd. <laughs> well, he might have actually been a shepherd maybe before he was a leper. <laughs> maybe that's true. But you know what the leper did? He got his certificate of cleanliness. Can you imagine how overjoyed he was? Here's this man alienated, distanced, couldn't go and worship, couldn't meet with his family, had to call out unclean, unclean. The crowd separated, kept away from him. He knew he was on his own. That was his lot in life. He accepted where he was stuck with that. And all of a sudden, he'd been cleaned or cleansed by Jesus and told to go to the priests. And the priest would then give him a certificate of cleanliness, give him the all clear You are cleansed. You can go back and worship. You can go back to your family. You can be part of society. I can imagine him being overjoyed. And in his his time of, of joy, he disobeyed. Jesus gave him an instruction on what to do. But this man disobeyed in some sense that he didn't. He went and told everybody. Jesus said, don't tell anybody. He went and told everybody. You would go and tell everybody. I would go and tell everybody. Whenever we get that report that we're so nervous about medically that we don't know what the outcome is and we're so frightened about it and we're stuck in, what does this mean for the rest of our life? And Bev and I have been through that uh, in the last couple of years and pastors going through it and many of you have gone through it. And then we get 
the medication, we get the diagnosis, we get the treatment, we finish up getting the result. And if it's in the direction that we were hoping for and praying for, we are overjoyed, we want to tell people about it. In our society, we can't help but tell people about it because people that are concerned about us ask, now how are you doing? So we can't do. But in those times, Jesus said, I don't want you to tell anybody because I've got work to finish. I need to be going about my will, my mission, the Father's will, my mission. My ministry needs to continue. And so Jesus asked him not to tell anybody but to go to the priest, go to the temple, go to the house where God is. But you know, today it's different. That was that time and that was the context. Today it's different. Today it's uh, really where we, where we are that we look at things differently. Well, how differently? Leprosy is not common amongst us today, and we may, but we may have a struggle going on with our life-challenging life ch illnesses, uh, threatening our lives. Maybe our struggle is with things like AIDS, addictions. Others of us might have periods of depression and loneliness. Financial stress can get us stuck. Sooner or later, we will be there. James says, count, as I said before, count it all joy when, not if. We're all going to be there, or we've all been there, stuck. Well, nothing should stop us coming to Jesus. That's the first willingness of us, is to be willing to ask and willing to accept Jesus' acceptance of us just where we are, just as we are, just how we are. Are we that willing? The good news is that no one will be turned away. No one is too repulsive. No behaviour is so bad. No action that we have taken or are taking is so bad that Jesus won't respond to us. Approach Jesus sincerely and humbly and not just being confident, overconfident that he'll do something, but trusting him that he will do what is best for each one of us. Jesus says that he's more than able, that means he's willing, and that promise is true. Jesus' response comes to us through love, through his compassion for each one of us, for his concern for each one of us. We should go to Jesus in prayer and we should ask with confidence. The good news is that we should then go and share it. Now the leper was told not to go and share it and we are told to go and share it. It seems to be a contradiction, doesn't it? But Jesus said that, sent us out to be disciples, to tell people. Jesus told the leper to tell nobody and the leper went out and told everybody. And Jesus tells us to go and tell everybody and we often go out and tell nobody. We're told to go, to walk across the room, to tell them what Jesus has done for us, but to go and share Jesus' love with them. No poor door for Jesus. No poor door into that condominium that they talk about. Only one way to Jesus, that's the front door. Only one way to heaven, that's the front door. And everybody is welcome. There is no affordable door, there's no handicapped person, there's no low-income person, there's no sinner. 
that can enter through that door other than through Jesus' door. It's available to each one of us. So Jesus says, go, not not go. And so looking at the request of the leper and then the reaction of Jesus and our response, let me close with this reflection. Whilst leprosy is considered a, a um, incurable disease, today's counterpart, or at least in that time too, uh, the counterpart of leprosy was seen as a spiritual problem of sin. So I said in the beginning that we may not have illnesses, we may not have ailments, we may not have addictions, we may not uh, have financial trouble, we may not even feel lonely, but maybe we could just own up to say that we sometimes get stuck in sin. Leprosy was the model disease for sin of its time. That's why the leper, when he was healed, Scripture says he was cleansed. That's why when the leper is healed, he was to go to the priest. Jesus can physically heal and does physically heal both the leper and us today. He healed the sick, he made the blind to see, and he's able to do that today. And he's also willing to do that today. And while this leprosy uh, is, is not with us today, sin is. And Jesus is willing and able to cleanse us from that sin disease. He can restore us back to the life that he wants us to be. He can restore us back to a life that we want to be. He can restore us back into a relationship with him and a relationship that is right with others. We need to follow the leper plan. We need to ask based on belief. And then we need to trust that Jesus will, is willing and able to do what is best for us. If we're willing to ask, he's willing to respond. Because he loves us. He loves us more than we could ever imagine. He'll never lead us stuck out on a beam or anywhere else in our life. He never quits on us. He never gives up. He loves us even when we don't love him. He's interested in everything about us. Jesus loves us when we doubt him. He wrote that love in red. And his love is the thing that changes everything. They're the truths that we need to hang on to this morning and take heart in. And knowing this, that scripture tells us, as Paul writes, that nothing, no nothing, can separate us from the love of God, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, good or bad, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor any depths, or any heights, or anything else in all creation. No, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus has the power, the authority, and the ability to heal us and to cleanse us. And the more important lesson is that he's willing to, to do that just as we are. So if you or I get to a time where we're stuck in a bad place and we feel like the leper, take away today, know that Jesus is listening to our call for help, for our call for healing, for our call for strength to carry on, for our call to cleansing and our call for forgiveness. He's ready and he's able and he's willing to reach down and he's to touch us, to touch you and to touch me just where we are. 
No concern is too big for him and nothing is too small for him to care about. No one of us are untouchable and nothing that we have done is an untouchable issue to Jesus. He's able to make the untouchable touchable, the unclean clean, the unsaved saved. He's willing to, willing to meet you and I just where we are. Just be honest and put it on the table. Kneel down like the leper and say, here I am, just as I am. I know you are able. Are you willing? Ready, able and willing to do immeasurably more than we can ever ask or we can ever imagine according to his work that is within us. Let us pray. Jesus, give us the courage to come to you and take a risk, bow before you, ask you to help us, lay out our issues, lay out our concerns, lay out our doubts in front of you and ask you to touch us in a special way, even today, right now, meet our needs. Jesus, remove our fears and increase our love for all those people around us. For we ask that with confidence that you are more than able, yes, even willing. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.